Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. I'm Louis Shackshaft. Uh, today I'm with Max Hayes, who's going to give us a quick introduction of himself, seeing as it's only his second show. So yeah, if you want to crack on, Max, and you know, let people know where they can find you and things, then yeah, go for it. Yeah. Hi, Louis. Um, Max here again, obviously second time, like you just mentioned. Um, do a lot of stuff with Forrest, uh, of course, uh, run match there with Max on YouTube, everything like that. Um, also doing a lot with Mitre at the moment. Of course, the FA Cup's just started up with the um, preliminary rounds with all the non-league teams and all the uh, teams that have play, players that work in post offices and do normal day jobs and things like that. So that's quite interesting and things like that. Um, and that's going really well at the moment. And we're hoping to uh, get our first piece of content out. Of course, a bit difficult because all of the Mitre stuff with me has, has been really uh interviewing fans but of course that is impossible yeah. at the moment so it, it'll be more the case of when we get into the bigger rounds the, the third the fourth round when all the big teams come in it'll probably be the case of um going to training grounds and doing a bit of a preview the week before but no uh, great to be on again louis thanks for having me and uh, yeah can't wait to talk uh, championship for the next 35 minutes hopefully take our uh, mind off the whole uh COVID <laughs> at the moment <laughs> it certainly will yeah for about half an hour at least anyway <laughs> so yeah we'll crack on but obviously you are a busy man and it's uh, good to have you so let's start with the first topic which is going back to the weekend's games uh, do you want to talk me through your big wins and surprises max from those recent fixtures uh, yeah i mean big wins and surprises i think i uh, the first time i was on so the, well i guess the last time was uh, of course i mentioned blackburn and uh, being a bit of an underdog as well as adam armstrong as well and blackburn go and beat derby 4-0 which was quite nice to see from a forest point of view <laughs> yeah. um with, with our disappointing result and disappointing start um of course i think the bottom three at the moment is actually wednesday forest and derby or something like that i might be wrong but um, no you're right that's it yeah and, oh, um, sorry, no, Wickham are in there. Also. Ah, there we go, Wickham. But, so, um, so no, it was nice to see that, I suppose. It gave us Forest fans something to cheer up. But no, Blackburn again, uh, such an underdog for me uh, and beating Derby 4-0 as well. Big scoreline. Um, I think, you know, Derby were near the favourites to, to definitely be pushing a mount towards the playoff. Of course, it, it, it's early days at the moment with everything um, going on. And, and we've only played, what, uh, is it three or four games now? I've lost track. Yeah, there. only three. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they'll go into the fourth game next weekend and Derby will hopefully bounce back. But they, um, they've had a poor start to the season, um, really. But, uh, you know, Blackburn, I just think... Oh, you know, they were 5-0 winners um, over Wickham. So they've had, what, scored nine goals in the past two games, um, which is pretty uh, which is pretty good for them. And, and I think Adam Armstrong as well. Of course, uh, Ben Brereton also was at ex-Forest and is at, um, at Blackburn now. I think he was... Um, I think I think he scored or or, or he might have uh, assisted at the weekend. Um, I'll have to look at that. But uh, no, I mean again an, another player that 
maybe was a bit quiet the last few seasons, a lot of Blackburn fans would say, but maybe he'll come out of his shell this season and um, help them out a playoff push. But if I was certainly a Blackburn fan at the moment, I'd be very happy and optimistic for the rest of the season. Of course, it is early days uh, at the moment, I, uh, yep. I guess. Probably a, a, another one for me, um, just kind of uh, to touch on, um, just looking at kind of like the scores now. I'd probably say, I think I mentioned um, these a few weeks ago, Stoke. But if I was going to pick a different team, I'd actually choose probably um, uh, Reading. I'd actually choose Reading again. Yeah. Uh, because of how well they've done already. Uh, they've had a great start to the season. They are currently top of the league. Yeah, top of the league. Nine points every game they've won. Um, I think Lucas um, Lucas Jow scored another goal for them. Again, another another key player that I think we mentioned uh few weeks ago when we were doing the special um, players and people that we think we should kind of look out for and to beat Cardiff as, as well another team that um, of course will played Forest and beat us and the last game and Neil Harris as well managing them that again Cardiff were a favourite to, to, to push for the playoffs but Reading top of the league a great start for them and again there's no reason why um, Reading can't push towards the uh, top six this year and especially with their new manager at the helm as well. Yeah, definitely. You've picked a couple of uh, games off my list there. I've also Sorry. got... <laughs> no, you, you're welcome to do so because I've got other games listed. You know, Stoke also going away yeah. to Preston North End. I know you touched on that, mm. uh, but I really... You know, Preston North End are normally good at home and, you know, not many teams go there to Deepdale and, and pick up any points whatsoever. So I thought that was a huge win for them. The other one... For me, and I hate to say it because obviously it's it's against Forest your side, Max, <laughs> but we previewed the Huddersfield Forest game last week and we all, I believe, said we thought it would be a draw because neither side had won to lose this one and, you know, both sides needed to get off the mark as such. So for Huddersfield to get the win, I think that was a, a huge confidence booster for them. It's just you're on the wrong side of that um, and and. You know, ultimately, that was a that was a loss for Forest, um, but a big three points in that game for Huddersfield. And then finally, obviously, to keep Bristol City in the running in the top two and you know 100% maximum points so far was the two nil victory over Sheffield Wednesday. It's always going to be a tough place to go, um, I believe, this season, Bristol City. But uh, it's a case that yeah, they're on fine form, and you know they might surprise a few people and. I certainly expect him to be pushing that top six all season. So like you mentioned, Reading on nine points, Bristol City in second also on nine points, both with plus five goal difference. So they're my games. Do you want to talk us through your standout players from the weekend games as well, Max, if you've got Uh, any? Standout players, yeah, difficult one. Uh, But again, obviously, I just mentioned Armstrong there for Blackburn. Another one I'd actually, um, I would actually touch on uh, again, like you said, when, uh, of course, going against Forest, but for Huddersfield, um, I think Fraser Campbell did, had a fantastic game. Of course, his, his volley won the game for, for Huddersfield yep. and that's put piles and piles of pressure on Forest and Lamucci at the moment. I mean, we've had the worst start in, in 66 years, this is now, but um, I thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought Campbell did very well. And, and another one uh, from Huddersfield, actually, from, from, of course, watching the game was, um, Jonathan Hogg, uh, although a lot of Forest fans thought he should have been sent off in the um, in the first minute, he had a horrendous tackle on. I think it was Harry Arter, uh, studs and everything like a leg breaker, mm. and uh, didn't even get carded for it. Again, we, you know, we're talking about a different topic there, but the officiating in the, in the championships never good, is it really? Um, but uh, not these days, no, it seems. No, <laughs> no, it isn't. And uh, it's just been announced today that 
Forest have got uh, Forest need to really well, it's a must win against Bristol City and we've got Keith Stroud in charge, which is great not. Um which a lot of Forest yeah. fans, if any are listening, they'll be uh, they'll be disappointed with that. But going back to uh, to, to Fraser Campbell and also uh, Jonathan Ogg as well, I thought he caused Forest a lot of problems. Um I thought he he just maybe wound up the Forest players a little bit as well, perhaps with challenges and things like that. And I definitely think mm. he caused uh, caused Forrest a fair few problems. But apart from him and maybe Armstrong and, and Fraser Campbell, I probably haven't got any others, Louis. What about you? Yeah, that's fine, yeah, because I've got three others. I've actually picked out Bradley Johnson, who scored two goals for Blackburn. Um, I think he's been exceptional so far this season, not just in that game alone, but um, he's right up there. We had him Armstrong as, as one of the best players so far this season, which I know we're going to come on to. Uh, the other one for me, I'm going to pick out Andre Ayew. Um, for Swansea, who managed to bag a goal and an assist in that game. So, as ever, we know that he's capable of goals and creating in this division. But, you know, Swansea's 2 0 win against Wickham. Um, he had an excellent game in that one. Uh, and then finally, I think who had, you know, a great game in terms of an attacking sense was Asai Samuel for QPR. Um, Obviously, QPR, it was uh, a 1-1 draw against Middlesbrough, but I thought he was the standout player in that game. Uh, so, yeah, I just thought I'd mention those. No, I, I always say I like to pick out a goalkeeper, uh, but I've, I've not managed to do so on this occasion because there might be a couple of names I'd, I'd like to pick out in the next topic. So we'll come on to that. And I think I probably already know your answer to this question, Max. Um, but if you were to pick one player who you think was the standout performer in September and why, um, who are you going to go for? Uh, well, I'm probably going to go for the one that I've been talking about the past uh, today and, and, and obviously the last time that we yeah. recorded the first time was on Adam Armstrong without a doubt. I just think, I just think for, for, for Blackburn as well, such a carrier um, for the team. I, I just, I think, but I think me and you, uh, me and you said this the last time we spoke, Louis, was that he is one of those players that's that's always been an influence in the championship yep. it's always been a real class player and I'm really surprised um in the in the transfer window that he hasn't got snapped up when is the because the championship transfer is it come to an end is it this week that's right yeah so it yeah. was like, there was a minimum 10 week period wasn't there and then it yeah. got extended slightly so I believe is it around the 8th or 9th of October there's not long left anyway yeah. um I mean, well, I, I would, really wouldn't be surprised if uh, anybody put in a, a maybe a last minute kind of push for, or t- to try and get um, Adam Armstrong. I mean, I, I'd like Forrester to do that, whether he'd fit Forrest's style of playing with what's going on at the moment and things with managers. And if managers are going to go, then mm. it's probably not probably not likely. Um, but yeah, standout player for me in September, scored in the last one, scored against um, against Derby, of course. And uh, I mean, I, I'm, I need to look at who, who's top goal scorer of the championship, actually. I'll have a look. It's actually Adam Armstrong, isn't it? It is. I'm of just looking of course, yeah. And then <laughs> uh, second, second to that is Bradley Johnson with, yeah. with three. So both, both from the same club. Um, yeah, he scored five goals in three games so far. And yeah, for me, he's the only player really that you can pick out as such in this first three games uh, or, or for September, as, as we mm. said. Um, and yeah, he is proving to be one of the best players in this division now, consistently, I yeah. think. Um, and I don't think we've had a podcast, actually, this last four weeks where we've not mentioned his name. So yeah. he's, he's obviously doing something, right? And not only that, 
if you look at his average shots per game, is miles ahead of anybody else in this division. Yeah. He's averaging five shots on goal per game at the minute, which is obviously 15 after three games. So, yeah, there's no wonder that he's managed to bag five goals already and he's got a 45% contribution to Blackburn in terms of goals already. So Yeah, and I think... You know, and, and I think Bradley Johnson, of course, who's under him, I was really shocked to see um, Derby let Bradley Johnson go as well. I always thought he was he, he was a really good player from watching him many a times and, and watching yeah. championship football. And if those two end up probably being the two most consistent players if it stays like this for the rest of the season, then it will certainly be a, uh, like I mentioned earlier, a really good season for Blackburn. It's, you know, it's very early to, to, to call at the moment. Um, mm. And I always say to teams and, and specifically my own, but but other teams as well and other supporters that sometimes your team will do start off really well and then do really like poor and just kind of tail off towards the end of the season. Or, you know, we've seen it before where some teams have had a really poor start and then done really well. I mean, Leeds didn't have the best start when they um, they started last season, the championship under Bielsa after kind of the heartbreak against Derby in the yeah. playoffs. So hopefully that will be the case for teams like Forest and of course, Brentford haven't had the greatest start. It's not as bad as Forest, but it's still not the the best. But look, we're only three games in. I think maybe once we get to five or six games, that's when we can re- really start telling. But I think the main indication, and even then it's tight, the main indication for when you know you, you, you can kind of predict your top goal scorers or, or, or the teams to get relegated, teams to get promoted, yeah. is, is, is when we're probably at that Christmas mark. Uh, of of course, I completely agree. Many people say, don't they? Like you look at the league table and everything at Christmas, and it's difficult not to. But there's a lot of truth in that, you know. But then it's... Forest were Forest were third at Christmas last season, and look what happened there. Well, there you go. So I suppose yeah. it's so tight, isn't it? It's so tight. That just a division in a whole. It is. It, it flip reverses week in week out, and it's crazy to think that you know going back to Blackburn that they've scored 11 goals this season in three games, a plus eight goal difference. Yet they've lost a game also. Um, so, yeah, it, it is a strange division. And going back to a few other players that, you know, nobody pips Adam Armstrong for this title as such that we're discussing in the topic. But, yeah, Bradley Johnson, for me, is probably the, the second best player uh, so far in September. Other other names that I'd like to pick out as well. I think we keep mentioning his name and we've done, we've done so already on this show. But again, Lucas Zhao. Um, I think, yeah. you know, with with the goals that he scored, we know he scored the hat-trick in the Cup, which is not championship-related. But I think, yeah, he, he might be pushing, you know, between 12 and 18 goals this season. I think he might just find his feet and, and you know, a lot of people will be keeping a watchful eye on him. And then I said I was going to mention a couple of goalkeepers, didn't I? So now's the time to do it. There's only... Um, two teams in division what's managed to keep clean sheets uh, so far after the three games uh, and that's Watford and Swansea so for their defensive duties and not keeping uh, and sorry and keeping clean sheets so far in, in each game I'm, I'm going to mention mention Ben Foster for Watford and uh, Freddie Woodman for Swansea um, I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's, it's funny, actually, because Freddie Woodman was probably one of the best goalkeepers in the division uh, last season. His, his name kept cropping up and mm. we thought that he had a had a great season under Steve Cooper. And I think, you know, so far, so good for Swansea. That might be, again, one of the teams to watch out for. You know, two wins in three, undefeated so far. And like I say, not managed to uh, concede also, a goal as yet either. I, I was going to say, and I also think uh, an, another another goalkeeper that's had a kind of a remarkable start to the season that... Um, that of, of course, is is it Huddersfield and, and, and I think saved Huddersfield a lot of the time when Forrest did eventually have shots on target was uh, yeah. Dan Hamer. I think he's a, an, another great start for him. Of course, he came from because he was originally because he was at Derby on loan. I don't know what his original club was, and then he ended up and then he's now ended up at Huddersfield. I think on loan till the end of the season with, with, with an option to buy. But he, he's then he's their number one um, mm. number one choice of of keeper at the moment. But like you said, it is it is interesting to see. Some of these keepers that we didn't expect to have um, such a good season have, have started so well. I think it's been quite surprising so far. And uh, long may it continue, fingers crossed. While we're not watching the games in person, I suppose it's still nice to have a bit of excitement of, of, of watching championship football. And, you know, every game being a, either a must win for some sides or it just being really tight, you know. Um Yeah, I'm I, touching on that. I've got a feeling that, you know, with, with fans not being able to... Um, watch watch their team and, and go into the stadiums. This seems to be like a, a couple of players and you couldn't name Adam Armstrong that when the pressure's off, you know, when you've not got a live audience, mm. that they're that they're performing better. And I I've, I I could I can say that I've you know watching many a strikers this season that they do look a bit more sharper in front of goal as though you know they've got confidence. And I don't know whether that is simply because you know, you've not got twenty thousand people watching you when you are down in front of gold. You know what I mean? So and maybe I think, for I was going to say because with with Blackburn, maybe for Ben Brereton as well. Of course, he he went from Forest seven million pounds. It's a lot of money, um, and, and and especially Blackburn fans thought that was a lot of money. And and you know, I think he struggled. He he really did struggle. I think he's only scored four or five goals for them so far in his career. And he's been there nearly a year and a half now, I think. And and, yeah. and he really did struggle. And I think that was the pressure. It was the expectation on him, a, a young lad coming from Forest. And, and um, Ben did a, had a really good time at Forest. But I also think the pressure got to him too many times. And, and, and maybe that was what affected his performance. So like you say, I, I 100% back the opinion of, of, of some players thriving un, un, under no fans and some players really not liking it. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's split. Yeah, it is. It's split. And, and that's why I think this season will be really interested. <laughs> and, you know, you know, we might be speaking too soon. We're only three games in. But yeah, you look at that division so far and there's certainly teams, you know, who've, who've won a handful of the games and they're in that top six already. You wouldn't expect to be there. Reading one of them. And then you look at near the bottom and, you know, your Derby's, your Forest, your Preston. Um 
all you know picked up even no points or, or one point so far and, and yeah it is surprising but it as we know it'll change all again at the weekend so let's go into thoughts and feelings max so at this stage if you want to pick a side of your choice and discuss how you feel about them at, at this moment in time yeah because because when we're currently recording this episode it's dark and rainy outside i didn't want to add to the, <laughs> I, I didn't want to add to the misery of talking about forest so I thought I was going to go with a slightly different um, side. I, yeah. I've, I've, been, I've been following this side, and again, another one that's that, that's had a decent start to the season. Luton Town, uh, second mm. in the league under Reading. Of course, um, uh, Nathan Jones, I nearly had a mental block then. Nathan Jones back back with them, um, of course, kept them up last season. And, and also a, an, an addition for Luton uh, this week. It, it was announced this week, last week, can't remember really when. But uh, Chris Cohen, who was a Forest player and also coaching the under-23s, has known, um, he knew uh, Nathan Jones very well when they were both at Luton together as a player back in the early 2000s. And for that reason, Chris has obviously joined uh, Left Forest and, I mean, Chris was seen as a club legend for the last kind of five uh, five or ten years at Forest, and he's gone and joined him now. And I think that'd be a really good addition. You know, he, Chris is a young coach, um, and, and he only let, well, he only his last game for Forest was, uh, I think it was 20, 2017. So it's only three years ago. So he's still got yeah. bags of experience. I think he'll be a real leader, and, 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 he'll, and he'll really maybe get them fired up as well as Nathan Jones. Because Nathan Jones is quite a passionate manager as well. We saw it at Stokes or at Luton, of course. Um, and I think, you know, both of them will, will really fire up that team. But I think uh, I think Luton have had a really good start. Of course, they only narrowly avoided relegation last season, um, but they've taken maximum points from their first two uh, two championship games kind of already so far with, with six points and two goal differences isn't bad. Of course, second in the league. Um, I mean, their probably main aim for this season would be survival again, kind of mid-table finish. But for a club like... Luton, and that's no disrespect to them in, in terms of their size and things like the stadium. They're, they're doing remarkable. And I, I like, really like Luton. Well, was lucky to go to the ground before all this happened last season. Yep. And, and, it, and it was fantastic. And um, a, a great fan base as well. And one of the friendliest actually where I've spoke to and interviewed and asked people questions about actually. So I wish them the best of luck. But again, uh, I think a team that could even maybe surprise a few, maybe not pushing towards playoffs, but maybe uh, between, I'd say, uh, between the 10 10 to 15 spot for a finish maybe um, yeah, so, yeah i think i think that's where they've realistically got to aim for you know like last season just need to keep always, pushing yeah we always thought that they were always going to be near that relegation zone and they survived and they did well to do so but under jones i think it's a different kettle of fish i think they've got bigger and better aspirations under him it seems to click when he's in charge and we saw that at the end of last season and, and we're seeing it now i mean like you said they won the first two games unfortunately they they got beat by Watford 1-0 but you know there's no shame in that I actually um, think they were quite unlucky against Watford I did actually catch the highlights of that game on yeah. Quest and I thought they were quite unlucky yeah yeah definitely I think um, they're going to be a match for a lot of teams this season and like you said me also I agree with you that the you know a halfway finish in this division I think they can really uh, push for that and it's something that they can Give achieve them confidence. so yeah definitely I mean I mean we all know that in this division you can have good players and you know players that are worth five or six million but if you don't click as a team then you know that that all goes out of the window and, and Luton have have got a squad there and a team and work ethic under Jones it seems that you know the 
like I say, they're, they're a match for anybody. And even though, you know, you, you look down their squad and, and there's no, you know, standout performer where you think, yeah, that, that, that player's going to score 25 goals this season and he's, he's worth five or six million pound or, you know, a, a provider that's going to get 10, 15 assists. They, they all work together as one and, and one unit. And yeah, I really think that they'll they'll have a good season under Jones. So um, mm, it's, it's certainly worth mentioning Luton. I think I'm going to discuss um, one of your rivals I'm going to discuss Derby County I think um, you can kind of link this to Nottingham Forest and I know you're still ahead of them on goal difference um, but Some, something to be proud of <laughs> yeah at the minute at least um, but yeah D- Derby for me I thought you know after last season when they went on a bit of a surge didn't they and I know they obviously missed out on the playoffs and I think they finished nine for 10th in the end uh, but I thought that, you know, given the misconduct charges that they uh, weren't handed, you know, that they, were, they started the season on no points. I really thought that under Koku and the influence of Ray, Wayne Rooney, who's still there, and they have got a lot of experience in that side, um, that they certainly would have picked up points after three games. Um, so for them to be, you know, on minus seven, no points, conceded eight goals and only scored one so far, um, in this division, I am just yeah shocked really. And and again, I know it can all change at the weekend. And I, you know, I'm I'm not fearing for Derby, or I'm not even fearing for Koku's job at this stage either. I think you know, you, you know, you've got to give a a manager at least another four, five, six games to see where they are in the table. Like you said, you know, after, after so many <coughs> games, and then even pushing towards Christmas. Um, but like I said, given the fact that the, you know they started the season on zero points I thought that they'd carry that momentum into this season and and so far you know you know be at least picked up four points um and not only that I mean I know that Derby have lost a couple of key players over over the summer um but like I said that they're certainly on paper uh still a, a decent team in this division so my thoughts and feelings on them is that um and I still think that you know Derby could you know finish in the top half this season there's a hell of a long way to go you know another 43 games and um the only the only issue and downside to derby which we're going to come on to is that their next game is away to norwich um you know uh, and and many people i'm sure will be tipping norwich to win that one uh, given given their current form and and where derby are in the table and, and not only that i'm pretty sure that norwich will finish in that top four this season you know um, if I was a betting man. So, yeah, um, I know I said at this stage, Koku's job's probably not on the line as yet. But then, you know, another defeat, if it comes at Norwich, then, you know, maybe the, the question marks I think certainly two more. start to get asked. I, I, Do, yeah. I, I, I think yeah. two more. And if and if he loses those, he'll be gone. And, and of course, you know, you, you just mentioned there earlier, linking it to Forest is it will probably... I'd say if Forest don't win against Bristol City on Saturday, I'd be very surprised if Sabalimucci was still on a, in a job come uh, yep. come Monday morning, definitely. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because I was just going to mention the same thing. So it's funny that Kaku and Lamucci both find themselves in a similar position. Um, the only, you know, you could say Lamucci sh- sh- shot himself in the foot because up to last season and the last day, as we know, that, you know, they, they were in a promising position and look 
the playoffs look certain. Derby didn't have that luxury. So you could say maybe did, did Nottingham Forest overperform this season and ultimately uh, last season and ultimately, you know, Lamucci could lose his job, whereas Koku might not as yet. So mm-hmm. it's it's a funny situation, a real sticky one for both sides. And I can't believe yeah. that, you know, two experienced two you know, two of the most experienced sides in this division are are in, you know, they are where they are at the moment. And and uh, and, and I think it's <laughs> I just think that a lot. I've had a lot of people ask me this question that that are f- from a neutral point of view that, that don't support Forest, and they've said, "Well, why on earth are you know why on earth are you going to sack a manager after being in you know however many games to yeah three three four games however many it will be for losing those three four games?" But people have to realise that if Lamucci, if it, if it was this time last season, Lamucci was a new manager with a completely new squad that had to gel a little bit. And don't get me wrong, Forrest have got a new, a new squad at the moment. Mm. Only, you know, seven or eight additions and only four or five of, of them are being implemented into the first team squad. It's a very similar team to last season, apart from Warrell, who's out with a foot injury at the moment. And of course, Matty Cash went to Villa. I, I think we, the reason why it, it, it's... A lot of people will be calling for Lamucci's back already, and from a neutral point of view as well. If, if, if for example, Louis, you, you might see the reason why Lamucci might go is because it's carrying on from last season. It's like basically carrying on because if, if you do carry on that uh, from last season, Forest haven't won since when we played. Oh God, I'm testing me like. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it, Forest. Uh, it, it was after we lost to. Well, we drew to Derby. 1-1, Forrest haven't, uh, in the last minute when Chris Martin scored. Forrest yeah, I remember that. Forrest yeah. haven't won since then. And it was just like the downfall, it all kind of started there. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think the hierarchy will be bringing it on. I was really surprised that he hasn't got the sack this week. Of course, we're recording this on a Wednesday, so I'd be very surprised if they sack him. Um, by the, by yeah, the you, you can see the favourite to go at the moment in the championship, and like I said, I really wouldn't yeah. be surprised if, if if he was in um, if he was still in. I was I'd be really surprised if he was still in the job come Monday morning if he loses against Bristol C. Yeah, I think having spoke to a few people, a lot of people are tipping Lamucci to uh, to be the first manager to go. Um, which would be a shame, but at the same time, it's no surprise. It's you know this this game's ruthless, and uh, you know chairmen have got to you know look after after the infrastructure and everything else at the club. So uh, you can see why these rash and sharp dis- decisions are made quickly. Um, oh, but at the same time, you've still got 43 games to turn it round. Uh, whether Lumich is that man, we will we will certainly see. But yeah, yeah on, we on will. To, <laughs> on to Koku, it's it's exactly the. Same situation in many ways. It's, you know, both both been at the club a similar time and, you know, find themselves at the wrong end of the table this time. Um, so, yeah, we'll certainly see. It's just a waiting game. And, and coming into previews and predictions now, we might as well follow on from that and start with the 12.30 kickoff on Saturday, which is Norwich versus Derby. Um, so we'll continue that trend. What's your preview and prediction for that game then, Max? Oh, well... <sighs> Ah, oh, God! It's again. It's it's so hard. It's so hard to predict for um for Norwich and Derby. Of course, Norwich just got relegated. Um, the, the way it's gone for Derby, it's again. It's probably a must win. So they're gonna think. Well, they're gonna have to be up for it. And if Koku's job maybe is on the line, and he's been told he's only got two or three games, he's probably putting putting everything out there. I'm gonna mm. score draw two two. Oh really? Okay. I'm I'm gonna stick with the um home win just because. 
like I said earlier, Norwich are going to be one of the better sides in this division. Yeah. Um, many people are going to expect them to maybe even get promoted. So, yeah, I think, you know, just with a bit more class of player that Norwich have got, I'm, I'm going to go with a, a 2-0 win to Norwich in this one. Let's go back to Friday night, which is the 7.45 kickoff. Um, this is an interesting one. So, a side what have been promoted into the division versus one that's been relegated from the Premier League. So, Coventry versus Bournemouth. How do you see this one panning out? I'm going to surprise a few people with my uh, prediction here, but I'm going to actually uh, say that Coventry will win. Um, it'll be close. The win mm. one, the win one nil. Coventry will. So uh, I think I'm uh, predicting opposite results to you today, Max, because I'm <laughs> going to go with Bournemouth. But you know what? In this division, anything can happen. It would not surprise me if Coventry won that. That you know they've started well. Four points from three games, managed to get that win. Um, conceded four, scored four. At home is, you know, where they're going to pick up most of their points. So if they can do it against Bournemouth, then, you know, that's going to be a huge boost for them. Uh, But based on, again, it's a similar scenario to the Norwich Derby game. I'm going with the the quality of players. So um, Bournemouth, as we know, still undefeated on seven points, uh, currently fourth in the division. I'm going to go 2-1 to Bournemouth, I think, in this one. Uh, Let's stay... Uh, so we move into Saturday again, three o'clock kickoff. What about this is really interesting, actually. Top of the table versus Watford. So Reading versus Watford. How do you see this one going? Uh, tight, really tight. Uh, Watford again, a, a side of quality, but Reading, of course, having a fantastic start, like we just mentioned uh, there, and, and of course uh, back earlier when we were recording. Uh, I'd probably say again a score draw, one-one. I'll call this one. Yeah, for me, I picked this one out because I think it could be one of the most entertaining games. It, it, you know, I'll probably be wrong. I, I, in many ways, I think it's got you know three two to one of the sides all over it, you know. But it'll probably then go and be nil nil. Um, I think I'll, uh, you know, there's even though Reading are top at table, I still know what they've been like for the last few years. Also, there's question marks over them. They've started fantastic. I don't know whether Watford will just, you know have enough on the day. So I, I think I'll go I'll go 3-2 Watford in this one, but I think it could be really close. Uh, a five-goal five thrill, it'd be entertaining to watch if it's like that, Louis. Yeah, wh- why not? We said earlier that players are performing better without audience and a crowd. So uh, <laughs> I, I'll go for five goals in this one. While we're at it as well, let's discuss, um, let's predict our teams as well, shall we? So we'll start with Forest versus Bristol City. Um, obviously a must-win game for Forest. Bristol City... Not so much, but they are sat second in the league. So uh, an interesting one. How do you see uh, the score going in this one? I can't see Forrest winning. Um, I could probably see a draw. Uh, realistically, with uh, being, I'm actually being serious here. The way Keith Stroud doesn't like Forrest and him being ref, that will probably add to the occasion a little bit. The pressure under Lamucci. Oh, I, I, I really don't know. I'll try and be positive. I'll go for a nil-nil. Yeah, I, you know, it's uh, it's a difficult one. I'm going to go 1-1. Uh, but Ooh. I said that I said that last week for Forest Huddersfield. Um, so, yeah, again, I, I expect it to be a tight game. Um, but, yeah, Forest really needs to just get off the mark now. And then let's discuss Sheffield Wednesday then. So, Sheffield Wednesday versus QPR. Um, I'll go first because, obviously, being a Wednesday fan, I hate predicting my own side, but... Um, for whatever reason, I've just got, you know, when you get a gut feeling, I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw in this one as well. I think, you know, um, 
I don't know whether Wednesday have just got enough up front yet to to, to score, to start scoring, you know, two two or three goals in a game, and and you know, uh, QPR again, they're a side I don't know what to expect from. Sometimes they can be brilliant one week and and then terrible the next. So yeah, I'll go one one in this one. What's your thoughts? Uh, I'd probably say a Sheffield Wednesday win one nil. I'll I'll, I'll I'll try and give you a bit of luck. Um, I honestly think <laughs> that Wednesday need to get out of this point deduction quick and. I think yeah. they're, they're, like they've been for the, for the last few games, they just need to be up for it, really. So, yeah, I predict 1-0 Wednesday. There you go. Yeah, cheers bit, for that, Max. I'll be happy with that. Bit of positivity. Bit of positivity for you and the yeah. Wednesday fans. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Positivity to end the show. So, yeah, we've we've reached the end. So, if you'd like to uh, let our listeners know, Max, where they can find you online, uh, now would be a good time. Yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter, Max D. Hayes. You can also find my YouTube channel, Max Zero Max, just youtube.com forward slash Max Zero Max and everything like that. Um, and fingers crossed, Forrest will win this weekend and I won't be making a video about who the contenders will be <laughs> for the next Forest manager come Monday morning, fingers crossed. Thanks for having yeah. me on. As always, Louis, much appreciated, mate. Yeah, you're very welcome. Uh, and I've been your host at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter. So uh, please remember to follow the show at Championship Pod, where we upload and post each show to our pin tweet. Uh, so we would like to take this opportunity to thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.